Hey folks, you guys know I'm always diving into the dark corners of history, unearthing the stories that are sure to chill. Mastering the art of storytelling and research isn't just a passion, it's a craft. That's why I turned to Masterclass. Whether I'm analyzing historical documents or piecing together ghostly tales, Masterclass has been an invaluable resource in honing my skills. Masterclass lets you learn from over 200 of the world's best minds right at your fingertips. And the best part is it's all available for just $10 a month with an annual membership. I've been particularly captivated by the class on investigative journalism taught by Pulitzer Prize winner Bob Woodward. His insights into uncovering the truth may have transformed the way I approach each episode here. What's incredible is that 88% of members feel that Masterclass has made a positive impact on their lives. And trust me, I'm one of them. The depth of knowledge and practical tips I've gained have boosted my confidence and enriched the content that I bring to you every week. As a listener of Haunted American History, you get an exclusive 15% off an annual membership. Just visit masterclass.com haunted. That's masterclass.com haunted to save 15% on limitless learning. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So what are you going to lose? Don't wait. Join me and start transforming your passions into expertise by visiting masterclass.com slash haunted. I'll see you there. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's something I haven't said in a while. I'd like you all to accompany me on a voyage through imagination. A place that lies just between shadow and light. Where the truth is sometimes stranger than the fiction. I'm Christopher Feinstein. And this is Haunted American History. Once upon a time, the enchanting world of fairy tales captured the hearts and minds of children everywhere. Stories like Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, and Little Red Riding Hood wove magical adventures featuring wicked stepmothers, love's triumph, and the eternal struggle between good and evil. These timeless tales originated from European folk stories, often serving as parables with a moral twist. However, the original versions were much darker, delving into the depths of human nature. These ancient folktales were not the typical light-hearted bedtime stories we know today. They told of painful punishments, sadistic parents, and innocent children facing perilous encounters with wild beasts. As eerie as they were, these tales offered valuable life lessons through their cautionary themes. Yet, as time passed, 
these grim and unsettling tales underwent a transformation at the hand of the Brothers Grimm. They took it upon themselves to craft more accessible and family-friendly renditions, removing some of the darker elements while preserving the essence of these enchanting narratives. The Brothers Grimm infused their versions with a sense of wonder, magic, and the promise of a happy ending. Since then, these fairy tales have continued to evolve, taking on various reimaginations and adaptions. The legacy of the Brothers Grimm endures to this day, as their beloved stories continue to ignite the imaginations of children and adults alike. Through generations, these captivating tales have not only entertained, but also imparted timeless wisdom, reminding us of the eternal struggle between good and evil and the enduring power of love and courage. These enduring fairy tales shall live on, bridging the gap between the past and the present, enchanting readers with their ageless charm and inspiring hearts with their eternal messages of hope, bravery, and the triumph of light over darkness. Charles Perrault's life unfolded within the illustrious court of Versailles, where he dedicated his days to serving Louis XIV. For years, he remained devoted to his duties, until fate took an unexpected turn in 1695. A decision was made to remove Perrault from his office. This sudden abundance of spare time presented him with a unique opportunity. With newfound freedom and creative energy, Perrault embarked on a remarkable endeavor. He delved into the world of traditional folktales, stories passed down through generations via oral traditions. These captivating narratives were not initially written down, allowing them to evolve and morph over time with each retelling, adapting to the tastes and preferences of different regions and eras. However, Perrault saw the value in preserving these enchanting tales for generations to come. He undertook the task of collecting and publishing these folktales, specifically tailoring them for children. His most notable work, Tales and Stories of the Past with Morals, marked a significant shift. These age-old tales found a permanent home on paper for the first time, acquiring a fixed form that would endure through the ages. Perrault's pen immortalized characters like Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, and Little Red Riding Hood capturing their essence in ink and preserving their timeless allure. No longer restricted to the fluidity of oral storytelling, these stories now became tangible, accessible to a wider audience, and unaffected by the subtle changes that occurred during the spoken transmission. In doing so, Charles Perrault played a pivotal role in transforming folktales from whispers to enduring written treasures. His contributions enriched the literary landscape, and allowed generations of readers to cherish these beloved stories, their morals, and the magic they carried within their carefully crafted pages. In the early 19th century, two German academics named Jacob and Wilhelm Grimm became the trailblazers in popularizing fairy tales. The rise of Romanticism in Germany inspired their quest to preserve and share the rich heritage of German folklore, drawing from the same well of stories that Perrault had collected over the century earlier the Brothers Grimm set out to amass a treasure trove of enchanting narratives. Their approach to collecting these tales was truly immersive and inclusive. They ventured into all walks of life, engaging with people from German peasants to aristocrats, eager to listen to their oral traditions. 
With meticulous care, they transcribed the versions of these stories as they were told, capturing the essence of these tales as they resonated through generations. As time progressed, the Grimm brothers undertook a task of compiling and editing these folktales. In this process, they carefully refined and embellished passages, while also exercising certain elements to suit their vision for a broader audience, particularly children. With a keen eye for storytelling, they infused religious and spiritual motifs, drawing inspiration from classical mythology and biblical tales, adding depth and resonance to the narratives. Their opus, Children's and Household Tales, saw multiple editions published during their lifetime. These editions exhibited notable transformations, with some stories nearly doubling in length and a gradual shift towards tailoring them for younger readers. To ensure suitability for their target audience, passages with violent or sexual themes were just removed. The first edition, released in 1815, had a collection of 86 fairy tales, each with its own magic and charm. However, the brothers' grim dedication to their work and the continuous evolution of these tales resulted in a staggering collection of over 210 stories by the time the seventh edition was released in 1857. Through their unwavering efforts, the Brothers Grimm not only preserved the cultural legacy of German folklore, but also crafted a timeless anthology that continues to enchant readers of all ages across the globe. Their dedication to storytelling and their commitment to weaving the fabric of human imagination have left an indelible mark on the world of literature, making them true guardians of the realm of fairy tales. The fairy tale found in the collection of Poirot and the Brothers Grimm had ancient roots spread across Europe, narrated in diverse versions over the century. However, the 19th century compilations by these authors breathed new life into the stories, infusing them with a distinct Germanic and Northern European essence. As a result, these once regional tales now took a pan-European appeal in their Germanized form, which endures to this day. One notable transformation in these compilations was the emergence of a deep, dark, and dangerous forest motif. Rooted in German culture, this element found its way into many fairy tales, creating an atmosphere of mystery and enchantment, where protagonists faced formidable challenges and discovered hidden truths. Moreover, the characters underwent a fascinating metamorphosis. The familiar French or Latin-sounding fairies, princes, and princesses were reimagined as Germanic wise women, kings, kings' sons and daughters, and enchantresses. The shift towards more traditionally Teutonic names and identities resonated strongly with the audience, adding a sense of authenticity and cultural familiarity to the tales. Both Perrault and the Brothers Grimm shared a common purpose in their quest to mold the collected stories into moralistic tales meant for the betterment of society. Beyond mere entertainment, these narratives served as cautionary lessons intended to instill discipline in young minds through fear of consequences. In their endeavor to achieve this, characters and storylines were strategically adapted to reinforce the intended moral messages. While some of the timeless classics we know today, like Snow White and Little Red Riding Hood, may have lost their darker edges, their earlier versions were indeed much more foreboding and haunting. Perrault and the Brothers Grimm recognized the power of storytelling as a means of guiding children towards virtuous behavior and responsible choices. By transforming these tales, they wove a thread of moral guidance into the fabric of each narrative. 
thereby leaving an indelible impression on impressionable minds. As the years passed, these softened renditions of the once eerie and chilling stories continue to resonate with audiences. Their enduring appeal lies in the delicate balance of entertaining and teaching, where young hearts and minds learn the importance of kindness, prudence, and resilience through the captivating allure of these enchanted tales. In the original rendition of Little Red Riding Hood, the tale took a somber turn as the innocent girl fell victim to the cunning wolf, meaning a fate of being devoured. Her unfortunate end served as a stark reminder of the dangers of being naive and the consequences of venturing heedlessly out into the world. Perrault, in his wisdom, saw the opportunity to impart a valuable lesson through this chilling tale. He crafted a moral, warning young women against trusting strangers and heeding caution when faced with unfamiliar circumstances. The narrative transformed into a cautionary tale, serving as a poignant reminder for pretty young women to be vigilant and wise in their interactions with others. Similarly, the original version of Snow White was veiled in darker shades. Her own mother, not a stepmother, harbored a sinister desire to devour her lungs and liver, marking a truly grim beginning. The mother's wicked intentions were met with a fitting comeuppance as she was made to suffer the agony of dancing in red-hot iron shoes until her life was extinguished. Whoa. These tales, in their unadorned form, possessed a raw power, reflecting the harsh realities and dangers of the world. Yet, Perot recognized the potential to shape them into powerful vehicles for imparting essential values and life lessons to young audiences. Through moralization, he and the Brothers Grimm transformed these stories into enduring parables, reminding readers of the consequences that befall those who ignore the lessons of wisdom and prudence. In doing so, these once haunting and eerie tales found a new life as treasured classics, weaving timeless messages of caution, resilience, and virtue. The enduring popularity continues to demonstrate the profound impact of storytelling as a conduit for wisdom and guidance through the ages. In their original forms, many of these folktales contained more explicit sexual references, reflecting the realities of medieval societies from which they emerged. However, as these stories evolved and were collected into compilations, a conscious effort was made to censor and soften them, particularly when the primary audience became children. Themes involving children facing grueling fates, such as being devoured by animals or adults, were among the aspects promptly removed to shield young readers from disturbing and frightening elements. These changes were driven by the desire to craft tales suitable for young audiences, emphasizing moral lessons and entertainment over the harsher aspects of the original narratives. Linguists and historians offer valuable insight, tracing the origins of these themes to the brutal and unforgiving nature of medieval societies. The tale served as a reflection of the struggles and challenges faced by people during those times, their fears and the moral dilemmas they encountered in a less forgiving world. In essence, the evolution of these folk tales reflects the interplay between the cultural backdrop of their origin and the evolving sensibilities of the society that embraced them. The enduring fascination of these stories lies within their enchanting themes and the reflection of the human experience throughout history. The magic of classic fairy tales endured through the ages, finding a new life in the enchanting world of Disney. The first feature-length Disney film, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, graced the silver screen in 1938, captivating audiences with its timeless tale. While some of the original story's more violent aspects were edited from the Brothers Grimm's print, 
the somber essence and real villains remained, casting a haunting atmosphere in viewers' hearts. As Disney's creative journey continued, more of these cherished fairy tales from the collection of Perot and the Brothers Grimm found their way onto the big screen. Each adaption brought its own unique charm and interpretation, breathing fresh life into the age-old characters and narratives. Disney's animators and screenwriters wove their magic with every generation, defining popular conceptions and representations of those beloved tales. Their artistry and imagination transported audiences to fantastical realms filled with romance, adventure, and lessons that transcend time. And so the legacy of these classic fairy tales live on, as Disney's adaptions continue to shape the way we perceive these ageless characters and their remarkable stories. Their magic touches the hearts of both young and old, fostering a love for wonder, courage, and the enduring power of dreams. As long as some dreams and hearts yearn for enchantment, these tales will forever grace the tapestry of our imagination, inspiring generations to come with their timeless allure. Hey folks, I'm just stopping in here to say hello, and, well, I guess most of you can, well, you all have ears. So it's like, hey, Chris, what does this have to do with American history? Well, I mean, fairy tales are history for everybody, even though they started in Europe. I mean, they have their own, like, I ended on a Disney note, that's American. Lay off me, all right? I just wanted an excuse to tell one of my stories. But before I do that, I just wanted to say thank you to everybody for reaching out and the voicemails. Oh, the voicemails. I love when I get a new notification and I have a voicemail, my whole day lights up. So if you didn't get the number last time, I'm going to repeat it. The number is 609-891-8658. I'd particularly like you to call in and uh, let me know what you think of this story. Um, but anyway, just wanted to say thanks. Thanks for the emails. Thanks for the calls. Now the calls. That's so cool. And uh, thanks for the reviews. So please keep them coming. Later, folks. Hey, folks. You guys know I'm always diving into the dark corners of history, unearthing the stories that are sure to chill. Mastering the art of storytelling and research isn't just a passion. It's a craft. That's why I turned to Masterclass. Whether I'm analyzing historical documents or piecing together ghostly tales, Masterclass has been an invaluable resource in honing my skills. Masterclass lets you learn from over 200 of the world's best minds right at your fingertips. And the best part is it's all available for just $10 a month with an annual membership. I've been particularly captivated by the class on investigative journalism taught by Pulitzer Prize winner Bob Woodward. His insights into uncovering the truth may have transformed the way I approach each episode here. What's incredible is that 88% of members feel that Masterclass has made a positive impact on their lives. And trust me, I'm one of them. The depth of knowledge and practical tips I've gained have boosted my confidence and enriched the content that I bring to you every week. As a listener of Haunted American History, you get an exclusive 15% off an annual membership. Just visit masterclass.com slash haunted. That's masterclass.com slash haunted to save 15% on limitless learning. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So what are you going to lose? Don't wait. Join me and start transforming your passions into expertise by visiting masterclass.com slash haunted. I'll see you there. 
Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Once upon a time. I always wanted to start a story that way. The key to a good story is to hook people early. It's why Once Upon a Time is so popular. It promises so much with so little. But it's not enough. It's usually followed by something equally as powerful. Once upon a time, in a far-off land. Or a galaxy far, far away. See? Now I'm interested. The once upon a time for the tale I'm about to tell started when John and his family moved into their new home. Most people wait their whole life for the beginning of their story, for their once upon a time moment. But mostly they let it go by unnoticed. Your defining moment could have been the day you adopted your pet or the day you helped your old neighbor up a flight of stairs. Every once upon a time doesn't have to be as grand as the fairy tales suggest. But that doesn't make them any less important than the stories where the noble knight slayed the evil dragon. That's your once upon a time. His once upon a time came the day he met Rumpelstiltskin. See? Now you're interested. Jonathan Stevens, or how he was known to the rest of the world as Stephen J. Jonathan, was an author. The J didn't stand for anything. He just liked the way it sounded. Anyway, Jonathan had just sold his first book, a children's book titled Let's Go to the Lobby. It's a silly adventure book about a kid who goes to the movies with his dad and heads off to get popcorn on his own. He peeks into all the theaters and has little adventures in his imagination. It's fun and something he never expected to have legs. It's the only thing he's ever written that has gotten any kind of attention. He was mostly writing sword and sorcery novels, fantasy stuff, but that was hardly paying the bills. Well, truth be told, it wasn't paying the bills at all. John had a full-time job, and up until Let's Go to the Lobby was published, he was a middle school gym teacher. That feels so long ago, though. After the book came out, the studios came knocking. They bought his little story with the intention of turning it into a cartoon for kids. It was the hottest July on record. Of course, that would be the day that they decided to move. Jonathan took his dad's advice and did it all himself. Don't let that money ruin you, Johnny his dad said. Money will make you soft. You're not moving from a palace, buddy. I could move those two rooms myself. His, his dad had a way with words, and he was really one of the only people that John truly listened to. In hindsight, it was a mistake. They weren't taking a lot of stuff with them. John and his wife, Rebecca, moved from a cozy two-bedroom condo into a rather large four-bedroom house. So needless to say, some rooms would be empty. They didn't have a formal dining room or a living room and family room combo in the condo. His brothers and brother-in-law came to help, and Rebecca was on baby detail. Their daughter had just turned 10 months. He refused to do the weeks thing that some parents do. My child is 104 weeks years old. 
two, ma'am. Your child is two. Which brings me to the new house. It was a grand home. The house was really a status thing, to tell the truth. He made some pretty big money with the sale of his story. Much more money than they were accustomed to having. So without saying, they splurged and began filling this empty house. New furniture, redid the floors and kitchen, new deck in the yard. Anything he or his wife wanted, they bought. The baby had more toys and clothes than she could ever use. They got accustomed to a lifestyle, and they had to maintain it. The funds from the first book wouldn't last forever. His publisher was already looking for a follow-up. And John promised something amazing. They signed the check based on that alone. Have a bestseller, and it becomes a lot easier to convince them. Only problem was, he didn't have anything. Not a single idea. John would sit in front of his laptop for hours at a time, and seldom a word would appear. The frustration was mounting, and the deadline was fast approaching. It was late. John had worked clear into the night, and he needed to clear his head. They have been in the house a few months now, and had just finally accumulated enough stuff to use the house's storage. While the family slept upstairs, he was packing some boxes with old baby clothes. He opened the door to the closet under the stairs, and that's where he caught the first glimpse of them. Just a flash. Just for a second. In all honesty, he wasn't entirely sure what he saw. But he saw enough to give him a fright, and he dropped the bin he held and it fell to the floor with a crash. John flinched at the sound and his attention went to the top of the stairs, listening for the cry of his daughter being startled awake. When he turned back, nothing was there. It was a trick of the eyes. John went back into the closet and flicked on the light, ducked into the crawl space in the back, but there was nothing there but cobwebs. He placed down the bin of clothes and rushed upstairs to his office. He had the inspiration he was looking for. First, he made sure everyone was asleep before sitting down in front of his laptop. It's only for that reason that I can tell you word for word what he said to John. Because he wrote it down immediately. And even if he didn't remember all the words, he'll remember the voice and the rhymes. He always spoke in rhymes. John wasn't alone when he entered his office. As soon as he turned on the screen to his laptop, he saw his small body, hunched over in the shadows in the corner of the room. His eyes were immediately drawn to him. He was small but proportionate, a hunch in his back and a mouthful of gold teeth. His hair was jet black and slicked down against his head and face. He told him his name a name he'd heard countless times during his childhood. A name that I know, and I'm guessing a name that you're all familiar with. Rumpelstiltskin. Under the stairs I dwell unseen, in shadows deep where dreams convene. Greetings, dear writer, with quill in hand. Together, let's weave tales so grand. Now, most people in that situation, yours truly included, would react a little irrationally. I'd have leapt from my window and crossed my fingers that my family survived the fire I was about to set. But John was different. Thank God for them. 
He lived in his imagination for so long that something about this just felt normal. It didn't dawn on him until much later that that thought didn't make sense. It may have felt normal, but it was nothing but. He would later find out that feelings can be manipulated. Rumpelstiltskin explained to John that he needed his help, that all fairy tale creatures needed his help. It was imperative to their survival. He explained how children nowadays weren't as familiar with fairy tales as they used to be, and that if they are forgotten about, in worlds of magic we'll surely delve, where heroes rise and villains rebel. Your words a gift to charm and enthrall, creating wonder for one and all. John explained to Rumpelstiltskin that he would love to help him, but he's suffering through some of the worst writer's block that he has ever experienced. But now how this encounter has filled him with inspiration. With each new tale, your fame shall grow. A master storyteller you surely will show. But remember, my friend, the power you hold to shape hearts and minds, both young and old. And that promise was kept. Over the next few years, John pumped out fairy tale after fairy tale. Each one a bestseller. Kids couldn't get enough. All the while, Rumpelstiltskin sat with him, whispering over his shoulder. Fear not, for my intentions seem bright, to spread delight in the darkest night. Yet secrets lie beneath the guise, in shadows deep where evil lies. After eight years of friendship, very beneficial friendship, John sprung a request on Rumpelstiltskin. He wished to visit his home. You'll come visit me almost nightly for many years, old friend. I wish, if only just once, to visit yours. Rumpelstiltskin was delighted and hurried John to follow him. Down the stairs they crept while his family slept peacefully in their beds. Through the closet and into the crawl space. Rumpelstiltskin was rhyming as they went along. For as you write tales of joy and glee, Unknowingly, you were aiding me. The children's hearts, pure as they are, shall open doors near and far. Once inside, the dark closet was all at once flooded with light. Colors flooded John's vision. Like an artist's palette, it was almost too much to comprehend. In the distance, hills rolled covered with brilliant green. The sky was the bluest blue he's ever laid eyes on, blotted with the purest white clouds, like tufts of cotton suspended in the air. The fields in front of him were blanketed with dots of every color of the spectrum, flowers all in perfect bloom. And running through these fields of flowers were children, all of them laughing and playing Along with the children were princesses in beautiful flowing gowns, happy dogs jumping and tails wagging and what looked like fairies fluttering among them. The faces of the children were plastered with smiles ear to ear. But no, that wasn't right. When he looked away to focus on something new, the corners of his eyes 
showed something very different. The smiles all turned to grimaces, and the laughing turned to screams. The happy dogs turned into the most vile nightmare creatures imaginable, and the princesses the hags. When he tried to focus on what was happening in his peripherals, his head ached to split. And from his heels, Rumpelstiltskin spoke. Once their fears are gently eased, fairy tale creatures will be appeased. With each new story you weave anew, their freedom I'll gladly pursue. Upon closer look, all the children were in their pajamas. And even with the smiles on their faces, their eyes were closed. Dreaming. They were dreaming. It was when he saw his daughter that whatever spell he was under broke, and he saw everything for what it truly was. A nightmare. John's eyes darted to Rumpelstiltskin expectedly, waiting for an answer. But should you ever dare defy, or let your kindness wane and die, know that your family, precious and dear, shall vanish, gone without a tear. And with a blinding flash, John was back in the closet. He blinked his eyes into focus and darted up the stairs into his daughter's room. She was laying there in bed, sound asleep. He breathed in deep and approached her bed. When her face came into focus, she was grinning. But her eyes, her eyes were tightly closed and tears were running down her cheeks, wetting her pillow. He tried to wake her, but she wouldn't get up. He yanked off her blanket and she was wearing the same pajamas she was in the vision. And from over his shoulder, he heard a whisper. So right, dear writer, with utmost care. Your words a dance, a beguiling snare. Embrace the darkness in each rhyme, for it's with your tales. I'll bide my time. He understood now. John had to write these stories, so parents would read them to their children. Read them so they were fresh in the child's mind so these fiends could invade their thoughts and feed off their fears. If he stopped or resisted, he had no doubt he would never see his daughter again. John fell back into the chair in his daughter's room, her reading chair. Rumpelstiltskin squatted low to the ground and crawled backward under his daughter's bed, disappearing into the darkness and speaking words that would haunt John until the day he left this earth. Once the stories are complete, your family's fate my heart will greet. Their safety lies within your art. So write, dear writer, play your part. I'm Christopher Feinstein, and this is Haunted American History. Travis, I just want to call and let you know that I live five minutes from the Milheim Cemetery that you talked about being haunted. I just wanted to call and let you know it's cool knowing that I live close to such a great historical thing. And thank you and keep up the good work. Bye.